Hey folks, it's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of 2020 iTalk. This is a podcast that offers you cutting-edge information on how to improve your eyes and vision. <clears throat> I am so excited today because um, I've got a list of questions from folks, and uh, I want to get into them. So let's let's jump in with Q&A. The first question I want to address is a woman who has been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. She's 24, and she was diagnosed at age 14. She's starting to notice vision loss in the left eye, and uh, she's also uh, been diagnosed with a lesion on her brain. And she's concerned about the peripheral vision on the left eye and uh, the possibility of losing part of our visual fields. Uh, her name is Stella. So, Stella, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. So, yes, there's a really strong connection between MS and vision loss, specifically because the optic nerve is the bridge between the eye and the brain. And in MS, the optic nerve is the the most vulnerable part of the eye. Actually, the optic nerve can start to uh, become inflamed, and this is a condition called optic neuritis. <clears throat> now, some of the symptoms, if you do have optic neuritis as a secondary uh, condition to uh, MS, blurred vision, graying of the vision, blindness on one side, <clears throat> especially if the MS is flaring up. Um, the inflammation tends to get worse and then it can get better. So, <clears throat> you know, it kind of goes up and down. The, uh, the main way to treat uh, this particular problem allopathically is through steroids. <clears throat> but I don't recommend steroids because, um, again, there are many secondary factors that start to seep in if you're taking steroids long-term. It's definitely going to affect your connective tissue. Uh, some of the other side effects of steroids could be things like cataracts, glaucoma. <clears throat> so I don't recommend um, steroids for optic neuritis. Uh, I certainly would uh, consider upping your fats and, uh, fats and oils. Uh, I might go as high as 2,000 milligrams a day of omega-3 fish oil. I would add coconut oil, MCT oil, nuts and seeds, because the optic nerve needs a lot of fats in order to be healthy. Uh, I would also check out any inflammation you have in the gut. There's probably a strong correlation between <clears throat> you know, inflammatory situations in the gut and in the eye. So going gluten, dairy, sugar-free would be another thing I would strongly uh, support. Uh, definitely, I would take probiotics and pre-probiotic fiber. I would add lots of antioxidants to my diet. I'd even get tested for heavy metal toxicities. A lot of times, um, conditions that mask like MS or optic neuritis can actually just be heavy metals that start to accumulate in the body. And of course, uh, dental health plays into this. If you've got dental amalgams, 
Uh, I would consider going to a, a biological dentist and having, those, um, having that mercury removed. And I would do whatever I could to reduce any stress in my body, um, especially the eyes. So the eye exercises like palming and sunning and swinging. Um, eye massage with, that, with the MSM eye drops would also be wonderful. Uh, so those would be some thoughts that I would uh, I would recommend for this for this gal, and uh, uh, I hope uh, I hope this helps. Okay, next question. Well, this is um, <clears throat> a woman who has written has uh, read uh, my book, Creating Your Personal Vision. That's a great book, by the way. I first wrote that in 1994. And then I rewrote it in 2011. You can get it from me if you want it. Uh, not a lot of copies, but uh, we, have, we still have some. And what I like about that book is that it has uh, lots of protocols on different vision therapy, physical eye therapy exercises for specific uh, eye issues. And in this particular case, this woman is asking about issues seeing in the distance as well as close up. And she's unsure which eye exercises would be the most beneficial. She would like to have a protocol. Well, I think, number one, I would uh, do palming uh, and eye massage. I would, number two, consider doing uh, the Brock string exercise. This is a string with beads that helps improve your convergence and visual coordination skill. Number three, I would do the yin-yang soft focus chart. Uh, number four, I would do the eye scan chart. And last, I would check in with your eye doctor. And if you're wearing a prescription for distance, I would get a second prescription for the 2040 reading of the eye chart. I know this is controversial and your eye doctor may not go for it, uh, but it's certainly worth it to ask him or her to, to get a, a second prescription. So you can start wearing something less than your normal 2020 prescription. So these would be the things that I would recommend in terms of improving your distance and near acuity. Okay, question three. This is about light sensitivity. Uh, this, uh, this gal's had this condition for about two years. Uh, there's no uh, reasons why she feels like she, uh, she gets light sensitivity, but she does get eye strain and aches, eye aches from time to time. She's not sure if it's an allergy, uh, so any advice would be, uh, would be really uh, helpful to her. Okay, well, thank you so much for the question. Light sensitivity, on one level, <clears throat> if we think of our retinas as um, photoreceptors that capture the light that we need to see, and so if we've got light sensitivity, it means that our photoreceptors in some way are imbalanced in terms of capturing the light. And in fact, some of the photoreceptors may be desensitized to light, which then can cause uh, this light sensitivity. Another reason why we develop light sensitivity could be because our two eyes aren't working together and so if our eyes are not balanced, it creates kind of like a strobe effect on our brain in terms of processing information. And this actually can create light sensitivity because the two eyes are not focusing and capturing the light at the same time. It's like being in front of 
uh, fluorescent lights that blink all day. Another reason why we might be getting light sensitivity would be because um, our central nervous system, specifically the sympathetic nervous system is overworking, we're under chronic stress, and this could mean things like our adrenals are burned out, uh, we might have a thyroid imbalance, and so when we have light sensitivity, it means our nervous system is hypersensitive to stimuli that were already overloaded in terms of our stress response. So doing things like um, acupuncture, craniosacral therapy, meditation, things to bring us more into our parasympathetic nervous system, sometimes that can help our light sensitivity. And finally, I definitely would supplement with really good antioxidants. So this is lutein and zeaxanthin, beta carotene, vitamin C, vitamin E, uh, omega-3 fish oil, astaxanthin, bilberry is another good one for, uh, for this condition. So light sensitivity means that our eyes are not um, talking to us very well. They're, you know, our main currency for vision is light. And if we have light sensitivity, it means that we need to clean up some of the stress in our eyes and our body. Next question. This is a woman who suffered something called CRVO. This is a, a central retinal vein occlusion in the left eye, 2015. And she's had five injections of Avastin to curb the, uh, the central, uh, central retinal vein occlusion. This is a pretty strong drug that <clears throat> uh, can help slow down some of the bleeding. They use it a lot in um, wet macular degeneration. So it seems to correct the problem, okay. Um, what steps can I take to make sure it doesn't happen again? Okay, well, I think in any of these uh, retinopathy conditions <clears throat> and uh, you know where there's a problem with the arteries and veins in the retina, we really need to consider a couple things. Number one, we need to consider uh, traumas to the eyes. Uh, could be car accidents that have happened many years ago. Uh, there's, a, there's a residual where when we have some kind of a trauma, it kind of gets stored in the tissue and the eyes are a very vulnerable place to uh, try to uh, you know, absorb some of the trauma that we might get. Number two, toxicities. So any toxicities in the body, uh, heavy metal toxicity specifically, but it could be any environmental toxicity, even things like mold, um, uh, you know, viruses. Uh, you know, you can go to a functional medicine doctor and get tested for everything from parasites to, um, you know, mold to, you know, uh, heavy metal toxicities. Because a lot of times that if you are suffering a toxic load, it can begin to affect the peripheral uh, blood vessels of the body, the eyes, the feet. The third thing I would do is I'd really check in with your digestive health and any inflammatory responses that are going on in the gut need to re be repaired. I would take a look at your blood sugar levels and your ability to metabolize carbohydrates. Um, and then in terms of eye exercises, I would definitely start in with uh, your eye massage with the MSM eye drops, <clears throat> palming, eye scan, sunning, 
Um, those are really important eye exercises that stimulate um, better circulation and uh, more oxygenation, more hydration, because the retina is made up of these very tiny microcapillaries that are needed to help um, process free radical damage. And so any way that you can improve oxygenation and hydration on a retinal level, you're going to move away from you know, the risk factors of developing any of these retinopathies like CRVO. Okay, the next question is from a woman who listened to my show with Dr. Perlmutter. This was a few months ago. If you haven't listened to that show, by the way, it was awesome. It was great to talk to Dr. Perlmutter. He's, um, he's doing really breakthrough work. Anyways, this lady's talking about, uh, she listened to the show. She started to take um, uh, lutein, zeaxanthin, astaxanthin for wet macular degeneration. She has stable vision in her uh, eye that's diagnosed with the dry, but in the wet macular degeneration, uh, she's still having some issues. She's taking injections. She's doing um, um, ACG glutathione spray and MSM drops. She's 87 years old and still hiking like me. I'll look for you on the, on the internet, Beatrice. Her name is Beatrice. Okay, well, Beatrice, one thing I would check for would be mold in your body. I would go to a functional medicine doctor. I'm finding a correlation between wet macular degeneration and being exposed to mold, especially living in Florida, if that's where you are. Uh, so that would be number one. Number two, I would check in with heavy metal toxicities, inflammatory situations in the gut. Uh, I find with uh, wet macular degeneration, you need to get completely off dairy, uh, gluten, sugar. Uh, so make sure you're doing that. And I would probably up my dosage of lutein, zeaxanthin, astaxanthin. I would probably add taurine and bilberry as well. So I think that um, you're doing all the right things. I'd probably add with fish oil to that. I might consider getting some craniosacral therapy and acupuncture sometimes can help with that. But um, do these few tweaks, check, check out some of the other recommendations I made, um, and uh, good luck to you. Okay, next question is about cataracts. I recently have been told by my eye doctor I have stage one cataracts and wondering if your cataract eye drops will reverse them. Or what do I need to do to reverse them? Okay, great question. So I would start with the MSM eye drops because they actually help reduce inflammation in the eye. But one of the things they do that's really cool is they soften the cellular permeability of the cornea. And in doing that, then when you put the cataract eye drops in, they're gonna penetrate deeper to the lens. So I would do that combination three times a day. I would definitely get on ACG glutathione spray. Um, I would probably reduce gluten, dairy, and sugar. There is a correlation that I've seen between not being able to metabolize uh, 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 sugars, blood sugar very well, and having the insulin levels um, go up and down. So reducing your, your carbohydrates might be something that you want to consider. And uh, make sure you're getting enough probiotics and pre-probiotic fiber. Uh, and... Uh, do my eye exercises that increase eye circulation. And I think you have a good chance because grade one cataracts definitely work well with these cataract eye drops. Okay, next question. This is a lady who listened to me on Wellness Mama. 
Thank you, Katie, for having me on your show. She was very fascinated and she wanted to know about something called blue field entopic phenomenon. And this is related to um, darting specks that come into the vision that uh, it's different than flashing lights and or floaters. They tend to happen when a person is outdoors, like during the daytime. Um, so the blue field entopic phenomenon, or it's called Shears phenomenon. Actually, Shears invented this way back in 1924. And it's the appearance of tiny bright dots, and they squiggle across the visual field, especially when looking into, say, of a blue back background like the sky. This is a normal effect, and it usually affects almost everybody. The dots are due to white blood cells that move into the capillaries that are in front of the retina of the eye, usually near the macula or the fovea, and the blue light from, like, so the blue light from the sky which has a wavelength of about 430 nanometers, is well absorbed by the red blood cells. But the white blood cells, which are much rarer than the red blood cells, do not absorb this um, 430 nanometers as well. And it creates gaps in the blood column. And these are the gaps that you see as bright dots. So um, again, it's a it's an inspiration for artists. Um, I've had many songwriters and, and painters say, wow, when I see these, it really uh, inspires me in terms of, you know, doing some, some really cool, uh, cool kinds of art. So it's normal. Uh, there's nothing to worry about with it. Um, it's just part of what's in your eyes. Okay, next question. This is another woman who heard me on Wellness Mama, and she uh, had the pre-LASIK surgery back in the 90s. So this was before LASIK surgery, uh, but it was a kind of LASIK surgery. And she set up for distance. Uh, my right eye is for distance and my left eye is near, so I don't need reading glasses. But my distance vision is getting considerably worse, and that's in the right eye. I also work on the computer a lot. How do, you, how do exercises that you propose for myopia work in a case like mine? Hmm. Well, what you're talking about is something called monovision. And basically, in monovision, it splits the brain where the right eye is for distance, the left eye is for reading. And um, so the eyeball is monovision. But I'm not sure the brain and the body are really enjoying that because, you know, when you do LASIK surgery, you're changing the refraction of the eyeball, but you're not really changing anything in the brain or the body. So usually what happens after LASIK surgery, um, you will tend to revert back to um, myopia again, unless you do eye exercises. So there's a few that I would recommend for you. I would recommend... Um, First of all, I would do a lot of things like swinging, long swings, sunning, palming. Uh, this would take the stress off of your eyes for sure. And then you could do some, some two-eyed exercises that increase and encourage the eyes to work together, like the Brock String or the Yin-Yang Chart. Uh, these are exercises on my website that help improve the skill set of visual coordination. And so this would be one of the things that I would 
I would recommend. Um, I wouldn't recommend getting the surgery again. I don't know whether you're considering that. I would make sure you're taking lots of antioxidants. You know, there's a the study out that people that are low in chromium tend to develop more myopia. So chromium is tied into um, carbohydrate metabolism. Anyway, I think that um, these would be some of the things that I would suggest and recommend for you. Um, I wish you the best of luck and thank you so much for your question. So that's my show for today. Wow, we hit a lot of questions. I really appreciate you contacting me. And uh, until next time, take good care. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.